Edit it. From the West Coast to the coast of Otter Lake. I'm Chalanga. And I'm Dylan. Otter Lake or Otter Tail Lake? Otter so Lake. There must be an Otter Lake, too. Is, where's Otter Lake? Fergus Falls. No, that's Otter Tail Lake. Mm. Shit. Yeah. Fuck. That's okay. We'll keep it. <laughs> it's endearing. Sorry, the Ethan. People love it when we when we make small mistakes. <laughs> that's where my mom's from, is from Fergus Falls. Oh. Uh, she had a cabin on Otter Tail Lake. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, that's where my best friend Ethan Taylor. Shouts to Ethan Taylor. He's from Fergus Falls, Shouts Minnesota. Shouts to Ethan. Shouts to Virginia, my mother. My best friend lives in Fergus Falls. And this is the Coast to Coast NBA <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> we are off to a ripping start today. I love it. You know what they say about writing? You always start in the middle. That's And right. that's what it sounds like. Yeah, you just were dropped into the middle of a whole world that we've created for ourselves. So welcome, audience. Welcome. We're here today with our friend, the one, the only, Troy Oslin. Hey, hey, hey. What's Troy going boy. on, boy? What's up, Dill? How you doing? Wait, 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 wait. My man, my men. We are your men. <laughs> Do not do Chalanga like that a second time. Oh, uh, you're right. You're right. I'm so sorry. Chalanga again. It won't happen. It won't happen again. Chalanga, sometime you will be recognized for your wonderful work. Uh... I hope so. I want. I'm. I'm trying to win a potty this year. The podcast awards, the potties. Who calls them the potties? That's is, a terrible name. Is that what they're called? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is that our award show that we created? No, we created the puppies, Dylan. I realize that everybody should listen to that one. That was a quite a special one, especially if you like the Catchler. The puppies is another one to listen to before the wolves get started next year. That's right. All right, so welcome back. Our last episode was the back half of the lottery. We did a power rankings draft. And today we are going to do the West. So the top eight seeds in the Western Conference. Uh, we drafted. And Dylan, it's your pick. Yeah, I get to go back to back here. I'm pretty excited. There are a lot of teams that could be at number eight. So it felt like quite an honor to me to be able to choose this. And I chose... A team that many people were choosing to be out of the playoffs last year. And that is the San Antonio Spurs. They were so good last year, though. A lot of people had them winning like 42 games, 43 games, 40 games even. But they won 48 games last year, Chalanga. I know. I was, that was a real shock to me. Troy. 48 games. 48 games. You can't bet against them, man. You just can't do it. So that's why they have to be in the playoffs for us. Um, they're getting back a couple of players. They're getting back Lonnie Walker and DeJounte Murray. And so while last year they were pretty light in the guard rotation, now they're going to be pretty light in their front court rotation. They lost Marcus Morris on a last second effort to get all the money he could out of the New York Knicks after uh, Reg after Reggie Bullock failed a physical. <laughs> so now they're going to be a bit light up front, but I think that their guard rotation will be really strong, especially defensively. DeJounte Murray, was he an all NBA second team or all NBA defensive second team player in 
two years ago. Yes, he was. I forgot to uh, double check on that, but I think he was and glad to get that corroboration by Chalanga. Insane. And he w- supposedly got so much better. We never got to see him because he tore his ACL. But he hopefully will be a stalwart this year and has to be a th- better three-point shooter than he was because he was, I believe, 26% from deep. Yikes. Here are some of their subtractions that are pretty significant, or at least one of their subtractions that's pretty significant. Davis Bertans was their best three-point shooter by far. Yeah. And he freaking lit up the Wolves. Again, Davis Bertans, one of my least favorite NBA players, as we learned on one of the previous pods uh, in the previews, in the NBA previews for this year. And now Bryn Forbes is also going to lose minutes, and he was maybe their second best three-point shooter, maybe even their best. So he's going to lose minutes to DeJounte Murray. They were, let's see, they were 19th in in defense last year. I think that's going to go up because of their guard depth and getting DeJounte Murray back. But their offensive rating was 7th. Somehow they shot like the least threes in the NBA, amount of threes, but they were able to convert on like 40% of them. They were the most efficient three-point shooting team in the league. I don't see them being able to be as efficient like they were so surprisingly efficient for having one of the least efficient offensive players in the league and DeMar DeRozan on their team and uh, dribbling the ball as much as he did. Uh, I don't see that. I don't see lightning hitting twice, striking twice with that. See, I, I, I wonder because, I mean, DeMar DeRozan has consistently been one of the most efficient players in the mid range. And so I don't really see why that's going to change. You know, when you when your offense is based around DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge, yes, you should operate within the mid-range because that's where those two players feast. I mean, they are – I don't have the numbers in front of me, but they are super efficient from that range. I'm interested to see what their starting lineup is going to be. I wonder if they're going to start Forbes just to have a little bit more shooting and a little more space in the starting lineup or if they're going to start Derek White for the defensive upside because if you're – two guards are DeJounte Murray and Derek White. That's a pretty stout defensive backcourt. And I, right. I think teams would be pretty uh, hard-pressed to to penetrate against those two. So you think because of their front, the la- their lack of frontcourt depth, they're going to have to have DeRozan at the three? How much did DeRozan play at the three last year? I'm going to look that up, but you go. I think he played most of his minutes at the three. I think I think the, their, their lineup is going to look pretty much the same, except they're going to put Murray where White was. Oh, he, so he played 75% of his minutes at the three yeah, and 20% of his minutes at the two. So, yeah, if if they can continue with that and now they have DeJounte Murray, Brent Forbes, and Derek White, that's going to be that's gonna be a solid team. And Plus then, Patty Mills. Who, who's their backup center, though? That's that's another thing I'm worried about. Their backup and center plus is Patty Mills, we're not even talking about the Australian Stallion. Jakob Pertl <laughs> is their backup center. Oh, my God, I forgot about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's solid. That, he's mm-hmm. good. He's solid as a backup center. That's I yeah. mean, that's better than anything the Clippers have. They've got really good depth, and I, I'm I'm excited about some of their young guys too. This Chemezi Metu guy, I've been really really excited about him. He is like a six nine six ten, athletic raw forward type. If he can develop into, you know, any sort of consistency in his play he can be a really nice energy guy off the bench and give them a, a not only a defensive boost but a rebounding boost and just a just a really nice shot of energy off the bench 
that's going to be a nice insurance policy for Rudy Gay too. And I here's a, here's another thing. DeJounte Murray tore his ACL and we've seen it time and time again in the NBA. It takes more than a year to to really come back 100%. It happened with us with Ricky Rubio. It's happened all over the place, but uh, I don't think that we I don't think we're going to see the same explosiveness and agility that uh, Murray had in his rookie season. Hopefully he'll be able to regain most of that, but but I think that we're going to have to pump the brakes on DeJounte Murray having a breakout year this year. We'll see. I still have them at 46 wins, and I'm taking the over. Yeah, so their over-under is 45 and a half. So Dylan's at 46 with the over. I'm also going to take the over. I'm going to give them 47 wins. I, I believe in the Spurs. I, I, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't see any reason to not believe in them. Uh, we didn't even mention Damari Carroll, which is also really good Rudy Gay insurance. I mean, he's a solid player, and I know that uh, Greg Popovich will be able to maximize him. And he played really well for the, for the Nets last year. So I got 47 wins for the Spurs. Troy? Mm-hmm. 47 on the nose. That's what I was thinking, too. Yeah, just like you said, I love Damari Carroll. He's a good player, and like they've got a lot of depth this year, the Spurs do. So I definitely think they'll be over. So we're all the, in the same spot, basically, here. Yeah, we're all the over on the Spurs at 45 and a half. Hell yeah, thanks, Dylan. All right, number seven in the West, the seventh seed. That's my pick, and I pick, drumroll please, the Los Angeles Lakers. Bitter, the bitter. Chalanga's just bitter. Chalanga is just bitter because the Lakers stole the banners from Minneapolis and took them over to my town. Listen, I'm a huge LeBron fan. I love LeBron. I think he's amazing. No, you're not. I do, I, you are a huge LeBron hater. I love You've LeBron. Been hating, you have been hating on LeBron ever since he came to the Lakers. You have been. That's Actually, good. not ever since. It's, it's really been ever since the Anthony Davis trade that you've started hating on LeBron. Yeah. I, you know what? There's some cognitive dissonance going on inside me. I, I will admit it because I do love LeBron and I hate what he's been doing lately. I hate that he plays for the Lakers and I hate this whole Anthony Davis. Taco Tuesday. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. Trademark that LeBron. Trademark that. God. No, I I, I actually love the trademark. They did. I love LeBron's Instagram presence. I think he is such a dopey dad. It's like, (laughs) it's really cute. I love it. Uh, But I think he's, and he's so, he's so honest. Mm-hmm. Like he's, I think he's actually a lot more transparent than people give him credit for, for being the, like maybe the most famous person in the world. Right. He's actually so, like he seems approachable on social media, which is great. Absolutely. Because I mean, in his heart, he's kind of like a lame guy, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's like, a goofball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, he really doesn't take himself too seriously considering like how seriously he takes himself, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, but here's my problem with this team. Now shit on him. Okay. Here's my problem with this team. All right. Let me start with some positives. I really like that. They're going to start LeBron James at the point guard. I, I, I think that defensively, maybe that's not the best fit, but it really opens up their possibilities as far as lineups surrounding him with two shooting wings. Um, and then, Davis and and I guess Dwight Howard as the four and the five. I would personally love to see them end with Kuzma at the four uh, just to get a little bit more shooting. Um, but I know Anthony Davis is really averse to playing center. Uh, I don't really understand right. why. <laughs> I, I mean, he would be the most dominant center in the game. Uh, you know, sorry, he is Joel. Already? 
Um, but he's so he's so averse to being called a five. It, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, what I what I, I think don't that's overblown. Like, He'll do it. Yeah, he will He'll do, do it. it. He will do it. What I don't like about this team is uh, one man by the name of Dwight Coward. Oh, uh, boo. He wow. he brings us That's better than that's better than Paradwight. We had Paradwight last year. Right. We got to we got to come up with a new nickname for Dwight as long as he's in the league. But he just brings a stink <laughs> every to every team that he comes to. It like it never works out and every team he's on, at least since he joined the Lakers in 2013, 2012. 2012. Mm-hmm. Every team that he's been on has underperformed. Every team that he's been on has been a disappointment. He's been injury prone. He's been a black hole on the offensive end. And he's been really disappointing defensively. If Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee are being counted on to, you know, cover your center minutes, I'm worried about your interior defense, even if you have Anthony Davis on your squad. I'm also worried about what happens when LeBron James is off the court. They have Rajon Rondo, but... Rajon Rondo has not really been a winning player uh, since he left the Celtics, really. It's been a long, long time for Rajon Rondo. Mm-hmm. I think that but he that's not true. He was definitely a winning player when he was he happened to be playing with Anthony Davis mm-hmm. in the playoffs like two years ago. He was great. He was so good. Yeah. That, that, oh, is that when they swept? They swept the Blazers, huh? Yes. That was two years ago. Still like that was only two years ago. Chalenga. Was Rondo and playing in that series? Yes, yeah. he was great. He was like forty percent from deep. Hmm. All right, I take that back. Rondo's a solid backup point guard. Here's the other thing I don't like: the Jason Kidd stink. Oh God! Uh-huh. I, no, I don't like the Jason Kidd. Yeah, so bad. So so. so also, bad. the Boogie Cousins stink. The Boogie Cousins stink. There's just a lot of stink around this team, mm-hmm. and when there's the a lot Dwight of st- Howard stink. Yep. Yeah. When there's a lot of stink around a team, it makes me really, really question if I should put any stock in this team's ability to to perform on the court. Because no matter how good their players are, chemistry is really important. How people feel when they come to practice, when they're in the locker room, when they're playing with their teammates, that's really important. We saw that with the Wolves firsthand. They hated each other, and they played like absolute ass. And now they all are in love with each other, and they're still playing like absolute ass. And they're still playing ass. like ass, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this preseason has been so con- disconcerting. <laughs> people are so negative. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, it's the I preseason. Am- Chill out. Jeff Teague doesn't have feet anymore. He's not even bothered to be able to lift his hand near Steph Curry. Like, he's so slow on his closeout. Uh, let's keep going. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't want to talk about Jeff Teague anymore. I just, listen, if, if LeBron and Anthony Davis both are super healthy this season, this team really could get higher than the seventh seed. But I imagine that LeBron's going to rest a lot and could? will get higher than the seventh seed. Sorry. <laughs> I apologize. That's so stupid. But I imagine LeBron's going to rest quite a bit. <laughs> Anthony Davis is up and down with his ticky-tack injuries. You know, he he misses time, mm-hmm. and uh, the the depth on this team is not exceptional. So you know, I I I worry that if something happens to one of their big two, they're going to really struggle to win games. Uh, but I guess in my heart, the reason that they're seven. Is because I just fucking hate the Lakers. (laughs) You are just bitter. Hey, 
let's get it out there. I want you to get your PSA out there about the banners, getting the banners back to Minnesota. Yeah. Call the number at the bottom of your screen. 1-800-BANNERS. All right, so their over-under is 50, and I'm taking the under. I'm all out on the Lakers this year. Oh, my God. You hear that? Oh, my God. That stink. Chilanga, Chilanga, that is horrible. Okay, let's let's hold on the over-unders because we're all talking about the Lakers today. Troy, what are your thoughts on the Lakers, and then I'll give my thoughts on the Lakers. So much like Chilanga, I also just... God, I hate the Lakers. Uh, I just oh my God. any team LeBron is on, I'm just automatically not a fan of. But here's an interesting <sighs> little nugget. This is a very uh, this is a really important st- not really statistic, but little fact. Chalanga and Dylan, out of current NBA players, can you name a single player that has a more charismatic and infectious smile than Dwight Howard? Can you? He does look very happy when he's happy. Uh, Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> oh, Andrew Wiggins does have a nice smile. It's so cute. Yeah, I'll give you that. But Charles Barkley's smile. And it's not because of the smile. It's because of who Charles Barkley is. <sighs> I hate Charles Barkley. I have his book, man. What? I, have it. <laughs> I don't need that in my life. It's bad. Oh. Similar to what Chalanga was talking about with the Lakers, I see, I see LeBron missing a lot of games because he just kind of... During the regular season, he comes and goes. And if Anthony Davis picks up a ticky-tack injury here or there, I don't trust a single other person on this team to be able to will their way to victory. You know, I really don't. I mean, they'll be scrappy, but I just they're not going to be, without one of those two players, they're not going to be a championship-caliber team. So... When we get to the over-under, and I'm still thinking about my answer for this, because I, this team could be world beaters. They could be awesome, as I like a lot of the players on this team. Or it could totally just crash and burn, much like it did in 2012 when Dwight came with Steve Nash, and they just sucked, you know? Save it, save it, save it. <laughs> LeBron James hasn't played below 60 games in a season in his career. Until last, last year. year. Uh-huh. Everyone's saying that LeBron's going to not play that many games. But in 2017, 2018, he played 82 games, 37 minutes a game. I think he led the team, led the league in minutes as a 33-year-old. LeBron is one of the most consistent star athletes of all time in any, across any sport in terms of being there and being healthy at the right moments. It just so happened that last year was the one time he wasn't able to do that. And it wasn't even it wasn't even fully his fault that the team wasn't that great either. I mean he so he was out for what, twenty games, ten, fifteen games, and the and the team fell out of what was it, third place that they were at on Christmas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean LeBron James is going to play more than fifty five games, and if he plays even fifty five games for this team with Anthony Davis playing, they're going to have more wins. They're going to have at least 48 wins. That's like that's like worst case scenario. I'm betting on their the worst under. case scenario. That's what you, that's, that's what you have to understand Dylan is that I am betting on and rooting for their worst case scenario. I think that betting and rooting on LeBron's worst case scenario is dumber than betting and rooting against the Heat. <laughs> I think it's dumber than that. Anyway, 
Here's my take on what the Lakers are doing this season. Of course, Para Dwight, Dwight Coward is going to be a question mark at the very least. But I am so sick of everyone saying that the Lakers don't have any, they don't have any depth. Who's going to play after Kuzma? Contavious Caldwell-Pope is a solid NBA starter uh. slash, and he won't even be a starter. He'll be, he'll be like a sixth or seventh guy. He might start. Kuzma's going to be coming off the bench. He might start. But on top of that, they have Danny Green, who is, honestly, in 2013, he was close to being finals MVP because he shot so well. Right. Um, Alex Caruso, who <laughs> is a very, very, very much underrated player. I know that all the memes are making fun of how great Lakers play, or Lakers fans think Alex Caruso is, but... Alex Caruso is a very, very solid player, and he deserves to be in an NBA rotation. On top of all that, LeBron is going to be playing point guard on offense. But on defense, they're going to be able to have Danny Green and Avery Bradley make up for what he can't do against the Steph Currys. I don't think he's going to have to play much defense on this team in order for them to be strong. And... The X factor for this whole team, Frank Vogel. Frank Vogel is one of the best defensive-minded coaches in the NBA. He brought Paul George and Roy Hibbert into the forefront of the NBA in 2013. And he brought them to two Eastern Conference Finals, only to be stifled by LeBron James. If you can't beat them, you have to join them. Frank Vogel made Paul George and Roy Hibbert two of the best two-way players in the LeBron Heat era. Roy Hibbert was an all-defensive player and an all-star. Just imagine what he could do with Anthony Davis. Maybe the most talented big man of the last... Since, what, Tim Duncan? I don't know. Dirk Nowitzki? Since Carl Anthony Towns? No, he's more talented than <laughs> Carl Anthony Towns. All right, Dylan. I actually do agree with you in, in my mind but I can't get over my heart on this one. and Everyone I, is sleeping on the depth. <laughs> All right, so Dylan, do you have over or under 50 wins? Anthony Davis, Danny Green, LeBron James, Alex Caruso, Kyle Kuzma. This is the number one league pass team in the NBA. The pace, the space, the athleticism. I am taking the Lakers with 56 wins, and they're my three seed. All right, Dylan. I can see it. Hmm. All right, Troy, what do you got? I had the under at 48. What do you got? I make a lot of decisions on this pod based on heart. You know, mm-hmm. what I feel mm-hmm. inside of me. Amen. Like, you know, it's all about, it's like that last minute fantasy football decision. You know, you got to plug in who you think is going to be your guy, no matter the matchup. Yes. Go off. I hate the Lakers, man. <laughs> I just hate the Lakers. Uh, Yes. I could see them being a 56. Is that what you said, Dylan? A 56 win team. I could see them being a 48 win team. Yeah. I'm going to take the under. Yes. I'll put them at 49. I'll believe it when I see it. All right. I'll gladly take LeBron's corner here. Thanks. For both of you. Thanks, Dylan, for keeping us sane on this one. All right, Troy, you've got LeBron the next pick. And I- 
<laughs> LeBron and I are going to go share a Blaze pizza together. Mm. It's two blocks away from my house. They just opened a new Blaze pizza. Yum. It tastes amazing. Not only is LeBron a great basketball player, but he is a great pizza maker. He makes a good pizza. Yep. I also he went makes to college. A damn good pizza. All right. <laughs> so at number six, I feel like I've selected a team. I don't know anyone that can actively root against this squad. People like them. I've never met a big fan of this team, but nobody dislikes the Utah Jazz at number six. But they can dislike the Utah Jazz fan base. Yeah. Yeah. They are a very dislikable fan base. That's the only reason why I can't Mm -hmm. that's the only reason why I can't get behind the Jazz as a team. It would make me feel like I'm holding hands with people that I don't want to hold hands with. That's, wow, a that's a good one. So that's eloquent. A... <laughs> <laughs> Just like when you're when you're rooting for a team, you have to hold hands with the homers, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't want to hold hands with those homers. I don't really want to hold hands with the Lakers homers, but I root for the Minneapolis Lakers. The Jazz, I can't root for in any regard because I can't hold hands with any of those people. That's fair. That's fair. Utah's not even a real place anyway. I don't see in any way, shape, and form, and if y'all disagree back or, you know, come at me, but, like, I don't see in any way how this team could have gotten any worse from last year. I guess the only way they could have gotten worse is from a chemistry standpoint because they have a few new players. Um, Rubio's gone. Crowder is gone. Derek Favors is gone. Corver, too, who I just realized played 20 minutes a game for them last season. Uh, I don't know if I just wasn't watching the Jazz or I did not see him on the court, but 20 minutes a game is pretty significant. They replaced all those guys with, most notably, Mike Conley, who is commanding a whopping $34 million this year. Boyan Bogdanovich, Ed Davis, Moutier, who I like a lot, and Jeff Green, who is really easy to laugh at. But, you know, once in Chalanga's words, he's an NBA player. He's certainly an NBA player. Um, you know, I think they're going to play that same brand of basketball that they've been doing for the last couple of years everything's kind of centered around like tenacious D and Gobert swatting everything at the rim. Donovan, Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, so he's good. But I think the addition of Conley, if Conley is himself and Conley's good and he doesn't start to get old super fast, this team is going to finally look better offensively, a lot more flush than they have in recent years. And they will be an absolute stalwart defensive team. Yeah. Their starting lineup looks good. It looks real good. Conley, Donovan Mitchell. Um, I would take Jinglin' Joe Ingles starting at the three, Boyan Bogdanovich, and then Gobert, throw Royce O'Neal in there. I do like what Chalanga has done on our breakdown, though. His projected starting lineup does not have Ingles, but I like having Ingles as a sixth man so that they can have him running the offense when uh, a little bit when Mitchell and Conley maybe aren't on the court. I like that. I like having him... Being able to use him as more of a utility guy, a sixth man who can kind of be plugged in one through four, to be honest. Yeah. Joe Ingles is like one of my favorite point guards in the league. Because <laughs> you look he at him is and, my you, favorite point guard. and you don't see point guard, you know, <laughs> like you, that's the, you don't see that at all. But he you he's don't see a, athletic either. Yeah. But he's sneaky athletic. He's a great shooter and he's a really terrific passer. Just a really smart player. But yeah, go ahead, Troy. Oh, I see the players that they lost, um, and aside from Corver, because, I mean, Corver is valuable wherever he goes. What he brings to any team is 
special. I don't think losing Jay Crowder is going to be that big of a deal. Derek Favors, not entirely. Interesting. I don't. I really don't. Um, I think that Jay Crowder and Derek Favors are going to be where they have the biggest hole this year because having Boyan Bogdanovich at the four isn't super inspiring to me. I mean, they're definitely going to play really well against smaller teams, but my issue is that the best teams in the league, LA, LA, Philly, Milwaukee, they're the biggest teams we've seen in 10 years. I'm worried that they're just not going to be able to get it done against the elite teams. And whoever they're playing at the four just isn't going to be big enough to take on the Anthony Davises or the LeBrons or whatever. And there are other teams in the West who have figured out, at least one other team that I'm thinking of, the Nuggets, who have created that insurance policy on on the defensive side against these huge teams that we're going to see next year. Is Jeff Green big enough to match up with Anthony Davis, with Giannis, with... with he is the like proverbial LeBron stopper that like I guess the Celtics were trying to find or some other teams were were trying to put him on the team, right? But he is just not a starting NBA player and he is so streaky. Like he is my favorite player when he's playing well or one of my favorite players to watch when he's playing well. Right. And when he's not playing well, he's a zero and so i i do think that's the biggest hole for this jazz team and i do have to say mike conley i love mike conley i think i've said this on the podcast before but he was my screen name in clash of the clans in 2013 mike conley. <laughs> so shout out to that man uh, i loved you grit and grind baby in the western conference finals oh yes yeah my one concern about the utah jazz is their guard depth they do have Dante Exum and Emmanuel Moutier. I just, I just wonder what Emmanuel Moutier will be. I wonder if Dante Exum will be healthy. And I, th- I think they need one more piece off the bench to really step up and be a significant contributor, whether that's Exum, Moutier, maybe their rookie, Mie Oni. But I, I'm just a little bit worried about their ability to withstand injury because they are a little that's bit true. thin. But really all over like every position's a little bit just at least a little bit thin. Right. You have certain question marks in all of the uh backup spots, even the center spot. Right. Know. I mean Ed Davis is borderline starting center. So, you know, that's that's a pretty good backup. Um but after but that what does he give you what does he give you from the th- from the three-point line? Like he's he's no different than Gobert in that respect, right? Am I right? right? I mean, yeah, you're right. He's, he's, a, he's a rebounding specialist is what he is. He is a, a tenacious rebounder. His offensive rebounding percentage is, is off, the, off the charts. Let me look that up really quick. Yeah, I feel like people are, are all, I mean, definitely, people are all over the Jazz right now as the sneaky team, and I think that that's a bit overblown. They're not as deep as they were last year and i and i do think that there are going to be some growing pains in terms of putting boyan bogdanovich with mike conley with donovan mitchell with all of their new people what if what about emmanuel moody emmanuel moody could could be their backup point yeah i still have Mm -hmm. i still have faith in him as a as a contributor but 
Uh, I'm just not sure. You know, he he hasn't proven to be able to play really winning basketball in his career. So we'll see. Maybe this right. will be a spot where he can succeed. But just to follow up, Ed Davis's offensive rebounding possession last season was, or percentage, excuse me, last season was 15.8. Compare that to Rudy Gay or Rudy Gobert, uh, who is at 13.2 last hmm. season. So Ed yeah, Davis is a monster on the glass. Yeah, he. I guess he is a solid backup center, but I just don't see how he gives them. Like, I feel like in a backup center, you also want someone who has a little bit different skills so that you can play matchups a little bit. And I don't see them as having that. So that might be a hole in terms of them defensively if they happen to be playing a Carl Anthony Towns that's going to really spread the floor or something. I don't know. Right, right. They don't they they don't have as much versatility at the center position, you know, unless they want to try to do like a Jeff Green at center lineup. But that is uh, that's that's scary to me. <laughs> that's risky. That's risky. <laughs> risky. Uh, but I am interested, you know, Quinn Snyder is an excellent head coach, so I'm sure he'll be able to we'll see some really interesting lineups and they'll they'll run good stuff as always. Um, so as far as their over under, they're at 53 and a half. I'm. They won 50 games last year, and Donovan Mitchell really struggled. If Donovan Mitchell can come out guns blazing, I'm going to take their over. I think this team could win 55, 56 games, and my personal ranking of them is much higher than six. So I guess I'll take them at 55 games, Mm -hmm. and I would put them as the two seed in the West. Whoa. I like the Jazz. I think they're going to be better than last year. But as we've all been saying, every single team in the West has gotten better. So it's going to be tougher for the Jazz this year to collect 50 wins. That being said, I think that they're two wins better than last year. I have them with 52. I'm taking the under. I guess I'm not a believer in the Jazz. Yeah, I guess. Not. I mean, 52 wins is still really excellent. They're really ex- That's really good. Yeah. <laughs> For a team without, possibly without a top 15 player? Yeah. That's really good. I'm I'm counting on a big year for Mitchell this year. I'm counting on a very big year for Mitchell. This will be the best point guard that he's ever played with. And just the, the dynamic offense uh, uh, potential of Conley, Mitchell, and Bogdanovich all on the same team has me uh, drooling at the mouth. They'll be fun to watch. They're the smart person's number one league pass team. You know, like this, the snobby NBA fan. Right. The pedantic NBA fans league pass team. The great defense. Like Danny LaRue is going to be all over this fucking team. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll, he'll be like, I actually really enjoy what uh, Emmanuel Moutier brings to this team. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I'm, I'm glad you bring that up, Nate, because actually. Um... <laughs> all right, Troy, what do you have? <laughs> all right, let's see. Over-under is 53.5, like I said. I think this team certainly got better um you know they had 50 wins last year and putting that over under right there i mean that's about right on the nose i will take the slight over the very very half a point slight over at 54 i think they might start the year maybe a bit slow but i think they'll really and the jazz kind of do this every year they go on these massive streaks to end the year once they get used to playing with each other i think that's what'll happen this year and they'll get out to 54 55 wins I love that you're so unafraid to contradict yourself because you picked them here at six and yet you have the over and you have them at 55 wins. I doubt that that's your six seed, uh, but I love it. Okay, let's, let's keep in here for that. What people don't know 
is the context with which we were making these picks. Chilango, where were we? We were at uh, the depot, which we is were right at, next to 7th Street Entry. We were at the depot, yes. We were drinking <laughs> drinks, going to a concert. And definitely not researching basketball at the time. No, sir. 100% nope. gut picks. Next, number five, and that's my pick. And this is my favorite pick. Uh, with the number five seed, I've got the Golden State Warriors. This year, of course, we all know the Golden State Warriors Love lost it. Kevin Durant, Andre Iguodala. Uh, Clay is out with a torn Achilles. <laughs> they lost oh, Boogie Cousins, laugh at that. Sean Livingston, and Jordan Bell. To me, it sounds like they lost their whole goddamn team. That's yeah. crazy. They lost everybody except Steph and Dre. So they added. Oh, man. Dre looked good. D'Angelo Russell, Willie Colley Stein, and Glenn Robinson III. Willie Colley. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Tantalizing. I am, I am really, 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 really concerned about this team's depth <laughs> they <laughs> i'm not I'm, I'm concerned about less more than their depth i'm concerned about their starting lineup <laughs> so he, here's their here's their proposed starting lineup steph curry at the one d'angelo russell at the two d'angelo russell oh playing off ball oh my god what's gonna happen i mean he okay he did play a little bit off ball with like Spencer Dinwiddie and all that stuff, but right. So I guess it's not completely unfamiliar, but it just is—it's uh, a little goofy. I, I, I'm concerned yeah, about yeah, the yeah. fit between Curry and, and Russell. Then at the three—that's all you have. It's—it's it's a wide open competition between Alfonso McKinney <laughs> and Glenn Robinson the third. Who will win? What about Jordan Poole? What if they just start oh, three guards? Jordan Poole, of course. He looked so good against the Wolves. Maybe they'll start Jacob Evans, the 6'4 combo guard. Excuse me, who? Out of Cincinnati. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> then they've got Draymond Green, of course. And starting at center, Kevon Looney, who is currently injured. He's got a hamstring injury. Willie Cauley-Stein has a foot injury. So maybe... Kevon Looney, who was, who was already hurt in the finals last year. Yes. Still banged up. And they just recently signed Marquise Chris. To perhaps God. be their starting center to open remember the season. How, <laughs> remember how good he looked on the 19-win Cavs or however many wins he oh had my last year? God. <laughs> oh, I forgot. They also have Omari Spellman as a center option. The 300-pound shooting center from, uh, what's that team? Villanova. Wow. Thank I you. He's from Villanova. I don't know college basketball. Who very happy not to? If be. Steph Curry misses any time, which he has been known to do, he's been pretty healthy as of late. But Steph Curry has been known to miss some time. Who is going to be their backup point guard? Jacob no Evans one is. <laughs> like what? They they don't have a backup point guard on their roster, Dylan. They're winning zero games without Steph Curry. <laughs> so that's, I could. I don't I, think that that's a crazy take either. That's I could, not even a freezing cold take of the North. I could see the season going one of two ways. Either Steph Curry is going to be crazy healthy and he is going to score 35 points a game and this team will be the second or third team in the West. Or Steph Curry misses some time. We realize that D'Angelo Russell is not as good as he was on the Nets because 
that was just a crazy shooting year for him where every floater he went he took went in crazy efficient from inefficient areas like yeah weird shortish mid-range shots that were just blooping in because nobody was covering him because they weren't expecting it the season isn't going well so draymond green has no reason to get in shape and just plays like fat draymond green all season and the warriors miss the playoffs yeah narrative is the thing that could take out dre that is, that is the thing that could take him out. I am losing. sick and tired of people acting like this team is a playoff lock. They are not. Yeah. They are a few, a few bad things happening away from missing the playoffs, which actually maybe would be they're, the, they're, the best They're thing. less than a mishap. They're less than less a mishap. Than a mishap. <laughs> they might not have a mishap, and they could still be the ninth seed. This, that's how deep the West is. Clay Thompson won't be back until March, and he's going to be coming off a torn if Achilles. Is. And look at players. No, no, no. When no. They, torn ACL. Oh, torn ACL. I'm sorry. Not Achilles. I don't. KD hurt his Achilles. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he's coming that's back from an ACL. Look at players who come back from an ACL. Right away, they are not as good. It takes time. We just talked about it. Yeah, it, the agility is going to be gone, and that's what one of the things that Clay and Steph rely on is running around the frickin' court. That's what they do. They just tire people by just running around screens, by closing out quickly, having that agility. All of that stuff is going to be difficult with a brand-new repaired ACL. Yeah. Like, it's tough. If, it's if, not an automatic. If I were the Warriors, what I would do is I would, is I would just let D'Angelo Russell kind of run this team and make them look really good. Have Steph and, and Dre take a year off. Trade D'Angelo, get some fucking picks and some young prospects, and get a high draft pick, and then start again next year with your big three back, healthy, and rested, and you'll be just as good with some young, exciting depth. And here's another reason why they should be tanking. What's their draft pick, Chalanga? It is top 20 protected otherwise it goes to oklahoma city or no brooklyn wow okay no yeah brooklyn yeah so there is no way there is no way that they're a top four seed in the west there is no way no because they, they, they want then their they pick. would be they want their they have they to have need their, pick. their pick they need there's it. no way they will be able to fill out their roster without that pick yep because they're locked into their big three so they need young talent to grow so they need to like they yep D'Angelo Russell will be traded either midseason or in the offseason and the the Warriors will be picking in the lottery. That's my pick that's my prediction. Their over under is 47 and a half. I got the way wait. under. Wait 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 wait. Go ahead, Dylan. I want to just give a little a little dill take here. Okay, Dill. I am all in on this being a lost year for those punk ass bankers in the Chase Center. <laughs> Those punk asses. The first year of their new stadium, too. That's so sad. Chalanga, I have to be careful with my words, as you know. But those millionaires and billionaires no, 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 who just no. opened that fucking stadium. Did I, hear, did I hear you talking about millionaires and billionaires? Fuck. We have to stop Joe Lacob and those millionaires and billionaires in Silicon Valley that are taking advantage of all of the hardworking Bernie, Americans... Breathe. Breathe. Across the country. Bernie, you need to breathe. Bernie, you need to breathe. Bernie, you need to take your heart medication, okay? 
Bernie. All right, all right, okay. I understand. I understand. I will be at the next debate. Yeah, you need to get healthy for the next debate so that we can not listen to you and prefer to listen to all the other candidates who actually who aren't going to be going through dementia at the <laughs> during the debate. <laughs> Uh, but thank Ew. you for coming on to the pod, Bernie. We do agree with your ideals. We agree with this, and and I just I need you to step back a bit. I, you need to get off your throne. It is now time for our generation to take over from you. Bye, Bernie. I understand. I understand. I I love Coast to Coast. Coast to Coast is the greatest greatest NBA podcast in the world. All right. Thanks, Bernie. Bye, bye, Bernie. Wow. Where were we? They've been building up so much bad karma, Chalanga. Yeah. Oh my God! Having their four, four All Star Super Team, their their big four last year, the last two years, last three years, um, until Kawhi took them down. But the dominoes, they've begun to fall. The basketball gods, they don't let you live forever. No, they don't. They did look incredible against the Wolves, but again. Jeff Teague was guarding Steph Curry, and Jeff Teague <laughs> is the most disinterested basketball player in the NBA. I'm going to be with Chalanga here on this on this under. I have them at 33 wins. <laughs> no! <laughs> oh, oh, my God! Oh, my God! That does get a freezing cold take drop, <laughs> by the way. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I have them at 44 but I have it as a lock, and the only reason I have it as a lock is I think if Steph Curry is healthy, they win 44 games. Whoa. That's hot. Steph Curry plays 70 games. And they, <laughs> if he plays 70 games, they will win 44 games. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, uh, that's pretty accurate. All right, Troy, what, do you have the over or the under? <sighs> Troy is, like, really – he looks really Troy's, concerned. Are you guys Welcome done? back to the podcast, Troy. We've been talking welcome for back. 15 minutes straight. <laughs> Oh, my God. Hey, hey, it wasn't just us. There was another guy in here. I don't know if you know him, but he's running for president. <laughs> I'm going to keep this brief because y'all have filled the last 20 minutes with this slander. Oh, oh my God. he's higher You're going warrior. over. You're going over. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally not going to give you two the time of day for this because the disrespect shown <laughs> to Steve Kerr <laughs> and Steph Curry this year more than any other year is absolutely ridiculous. It is 100% ridiculous. Sure, they lost some players, but let's not forget. <laughs> some players. Okay, keep going. <laughs> like I said, I just, you can laugh at me. You can laugh at me. I'm literally not going to give you the time of day. I'm honestly not. I got him at the over. I got him How at the over. How many wins is that? 50. No! <laughs> you heard it here first. I'm not going to get into it. You heard it here first. Oh, my God. I love it. I love it, Troy. I feel like Chlanga and Troy have to make a bet here. All right, Troy. 45. Closest to number of wins. 20 bucks. Oh, my God. What'd you say, 33? I said 33. <laughs> yeah, that's free money. Chlanga, that's psychotic. I say, okay, but wait. So, Chlanga, you're, you're willing to take, you're willing to bet money on like 40, under 42 or whatever that would be? I'm What's betting the money. Of 50 and 33. Uh, so that's, that's forty. Seven, that's seventy-two. Yeah. So that no, so you're, you're betting money that they're going to win forty-two or less games. It'll be forty-one and a half or forty-one and a half. Okay, so forty-one or less games. I think that Chalanga gets a little bit. 
uh, of an advantage here because the over-under is at 47.5. Why don't I we... Think I say 45. I say make it 45. Well, why don't we make it yours in 44? So if they win 44 or less, I win. If they win more than 44, Troy wins. And if they win 44... You win. I win. Exactly. <laughs> and you get 40 bucks because you get Troy and I's $20. <laughs> Wait, is that fair? Yeah, because you got it right fair. on. Yeah, it's like roulette. But then there's, what am I putting some metric into it? that makes sense there. Yeah. It's Vegas, baby. What am I putting into, like, five bucks or something? Yeah, you give five, bucks, five bucks to in. whoever. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Cool. Mm-hmm. All so right. Like, so can you write this down to make it make sense? Yeah, we'll write it down. Don't worry. All right. Troy, we talked for a long-ass time, so now it's your turn to talk for a long-ass time about your favorite team, your absolutely favorite team. Troy, who do you have at number four? You know, I'm really glad this is a podcast and not a video, because I don't know if anyone would be able to handle like the amount of head shaking I've been doing for the last 20 plus minutes, <laughs> and now i got to talk well, about Well, we're going to be doing it now. Troy is we're upset. We're going to be doing it now. Oh, no, i got to talk about the Rockets. God damn it. Okay, so... I picked the Rockets at number four in the West. And y'all made fun of me for my Jazz pick. (laughs) Haha, they're going to be better. Four in the West seems about right for the Rockets. Because, and you'll see what, well, well, does it actually, I forgot who we have at number one. (laughs) Feels right. It's no secret what the Rockets have done this offseason. They're one of the most publicized teams in the NBA. Russ. My guy, my dude, I, Russell Westbrook has always been one of my f- favorite, top five favorite players in the NBA, goes and joins the Rockets, who are far and away my least favorite team in the NBA of ever, in the history of ever. Second, maybe only to the Lob City Clippers, with my far and away least favorite player in the NBA in James Harden, and second least uh, favorite player in Eric I, Gordon. I hear that. Oh is not God. that fun. Wait, Eric Gordon? You hate? How can you? How can anyone hate Eric Are Gordon? Are you kidding, dude? Have you ever watched Eric Gordon and his attitude? He what thinks he's the about? best player in the NBA. Like, so that's I, great. I love that. I love sucks, that confidence, man. He sucks. He's good. <laughs> he's a good player. Oh my God! And the head shaking. When he was on the Clippers, he was my friend Alex's, who is a huge diehard Clippers fan. He was Alex's favorite player in the NBA. Just to give you a sense of. I mean, yes, yes, that bravado doesn't look good if it is asserting himself over James Harden, but he's learned how not to assert himself over James Harden. But continue, sorry. Mm. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, you're good. And I I, I hate to say it about the Rockets, but, God, they're going to be damn good this year. Um, (laughs) I, you know. Now here's Troy, the contradicting king. What? (laughs) <laughs> what do you want from me, man? They're going to be I'm damn all, good. I'm all out of sorts here. They lost CP3, obviously. CP3 sucks. I hate him, too. He's in OKC. Whatever. Goodbye. I think people are really undervaluing the loss of Kenneth Fareed. And I think what, what he brought to the... See, <laughs> why am I even on this pod? I can't even say anything. <laughs> I, I'm just saying what? That was just... <laughs> That was just what. Here's the thing. We have this is a conversation. I can feel crazy about that shit. Yeah, no, that's that's true. I like Kenneth Freed. I think like in the role that they had him in, he wasn't playing that many minutes for him last year. He was playing 25 minutes a game for him last year. And that's about right for a player that is honestly, he's a really good energy guy. He's going to get some crazy rebounds. He'll make a couple shots. Um he was a very physical interior player. 
Um, they're going to get some of that back in Tyson Chandler. Um, they're going to miss the offensive presence that Kenneth Freed was able to give them, but Tyson Chandler will be a lot better for them defensively. And then I think if Capella's, he missed some time last year, didn't he? I believe so while James Harden was going off. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. in the same time, CP3, yeah. Yep, that's right. They'll get some of that uh, defensive tenacity back in Tyson Chandler and Tabo Cephalosha, also a former Thunder player, correct? Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. he was. Well, he was a Thunder player too? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He played for Thunder for like seven or eight years. Yeah, yeah, a long, long time. time. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was there a long, long time. So like Six years. Yeah, so... Jesus. He wasn't even in Utah. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> um, it's really, once again... God, they won 53 games last year. It's They're not going to be any worse than that. I believe too much in Russell Westbrook is going to be an infinitely more productive CP3. God, watch him this year. I saw a tweet about this the other day. I think it was Haley O'Shaughnessy. Um, watch him oh, average a triple-double again this year next to Harden. And then people will shut up, finally, about Russell Westbrook. Because the shade thrown towards him, like that he's a stat chaser and everything. I, oh, it just drives me nuts. It drives me nuts. It's like people have never, never watched him play with the Thunder. Well, he is a stat chaser, but people are very quick to call him, to give him more shade than he deserves because of what ends up happening in the regular season. I agree with that. I just, I'll never forget watching a lot of the Thunder that first year when he averaged that triple double when KD was gone. Like, the dude had no help. <laughs> there was not a. It was amazing. There was not a single other player on that team that could do anything. Like, nobody was making shots. I, <laughs> nobody was grabbing boards. Man, it was like only Russ. He might have been pushing Andre Roberson aside on some easy rebounds, but mm, yeah, yes. I'll give you that. Yeah. But. <laughs> Could you give me the ball. I'm at eight. <laughs> anyway, I won't waste all your time talking about the Thunder from a few years ago. But this Rockets team, once again, as much as I hate to say it, because there is no one less exciting to watch in the NBA than James Harden. But this team, just stop it over there. I see you. I, just... <laughs> I agree with that, Chilinga. He's not fun. For the first time since James Harden got to Houston, I think with the addition of Russ, this is going to be a fun team to watch. I agree with that. I think, Chilinga? Yes? Troy? Mm-hmm. I think that this team is the deepest team James Harden has had since before Chris Paul. Like, when they were sh- trotting out... Lou Williams and uh, Patrick Beverly and all those guys mm-hmm. like this team is as is going to be, especially if Gerald Green can come back in a couple months. So like I guess today they're saying that his sprained ankle is a broken foot or broken ankle or something like that. Um, they're saying a couple months. Uh, looks like he could be out for twenty or thirty games, right? Yeah. It's, oh it, yes, it looks pretty right, bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It looks not great, but uh, if he can come back. I mean, this team is going to be so deep in comparison to last year. Just so much deeper. Mm-hmm. Like, they have Tabo Cephalosha, who is starter replacement level. Like, he, he could fill in if somebody gets hurt as a starter during parts of the season. Daniel House, who is a really great 3 and D guy. And Gerald Green, who's learned how to be a great 3 and D guy, or at least began to learn that last year. 
their wing depth is just something that we did not see at the beginning of last year. And on top of that, I don't think I think that Tyson Chandler will be nice to see as a backup. I, I mean, he might not give what Kenneth Free gave, but really, how much did Kenneth Free give as a backup five four ish whatever? I think the Rockets are the one seed. I have them winning sixty two games easily, and if Gerald Green gets healthy and plays well, I have him at sixty five. I'm going to put him at sixty two for now. Because I don't, I don't know what's going to happen there. James Harden and Russell Westbrook are two of the best seven regular season players of the last three, four years, and I just made that up on the spot. <laughs> but I will still, I will defend it. I will figure out a way to fit them into the top seven players. I think this over could be the lock of the decade for me. These are, these are, they're so mm-hmm. good in the regular season. Oh. Yep. Yeah, that over under yeah. is ridiculously low. Now that I'm looking at it, yeah, they're they're going to far exceed Every, that. Everyone listening to this podcast, put your firstborn on the over. <laughs> yeah. Do yourself a favor. I'm all in on the on the Rockets. I'm also taking the over. I've got them at 62 wins. Uh, yeah, I just want to say, stop. Just, I love James Harden. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I see you win those socks, Ugh. I've got a pair of socks with James Harden on them that I that I wear oh when God. I play basketball. Sometimes they really help me. I'm just gonna say, You're like about James Harden sized. It's uh, he's significantly bigger than me as far as you know his weight, but Width. we're about the same height. Uh, <laughs> I just like that they can have Russ and James, like either Russ or James Harden, on the court at all times mm-hmm. if they want, mm-hmm. and they probably will. Um, Russ will probably be a little healthier than Chris Paul, although he's been a little bit banged up the last couple of years, too. And everyone look out for Gary Clark. He is <laughs> a, a second-year player out of Cincinnati, six foot eight, like 225 pounds. And good thing we got those pounds in there. He is. Yeah, good thing. He's kind of like... Um, PJ Tucker esque in his versatility. He can play the three through five. He was not a very good shooter last year, but I'm looking for him to come out and play the backup four, maybe the backup small ball five in some lineups. Um, I'm sure you'll be hearing his name like a lot. They, and, and they find those guys every year. Last year was Daniel House. Like we, would, we did not see that happening. Yeah, I'm, I'm all in on Gary Clark breakout season this season. Uh, all right, so we've all got the over. Fuck yeah. Wait, Troy, what's your number? Me? Uh, 60. Little under you guys, but still significantly over the 54.5. That's laughable. That's, yeah, they'll be better than that. All right. The next pick, the third seed in our power rankings draft. Although this draft, we're all just going back on whatever we said when we drafted it. Remember Uh, the circumstances (laughs) of this draft. The only one that I that I went back on was the Warriors. That's my only contradiction that I have in terms of wins versus where I ranked them. Look at you. I should have picked the Warriors as my eight eight seed. I've got number three, the Denver Nuggets. Uh, so last season right. they went fifty four and twenty eight. They're essentially the same team, but they've added Jeremy Grant and Michael Porter Jr. looks to be healthy to start the season. 
as you guys know, I've been very big on Michael Porter Jr. since he entered the league and was unable to play because he had back surgery. But he's been playing this preseason, and I don't know if you've watched him, but he looks awesome. He's big and athletic and a really good shooter. Um, I think he's got low-key passing ability, too. If Michael Porter Jr. can be healthy and play a full season, he, one, has a chance to be the rookie of the year, two, has a chance to be sixth man of the year, and three, the Denver Nuggets are legitimate title contenders. It, but if yes. and only if Michael Porter Jr. can live up to that potential. I agree with that, Schlinga. I'm confused why you took them at three here, because I think regular season-wise... This Nuggets team is going to take people out. They surprised everybody at the beginning of last season and just were on fire. Maybe they won't be as on fire at the beginning of the season, but they're going to be a really good regular season team. I think Jeremy Grant is a top 10 acquisition of this offseason. He is a starting player on a solid playoff team. He was maybe the third or fourth best player on any given night on OKC last year. He's only 25 years old. He's growing and growing and growing, and he's exactly what they need in terms of someone who can provide space at the wing slash four and can guard a lot of the bigger players that they're going to need to be able to guard when they get further along in the playoffs and all the in all the best teams. As I've been saying, I, I keep on saying the same point, but that's because I do think it's so important. You need to have a defensive stalwart in the front court. You just need to, and that's what Jeremy Grant provides he also provides more space for Jokic than any of their other options at the wing position he's a great player I think the Nuggets are going to be amazing Uh, the Nuggets are like far and away the deepest team in the league Mm -hmm. I mean behind their starting lineup so I I imagine their starting lineup is going to be Jamal Murray Gary Harris Willie Hernan Gomez Paul Millsap and Jokic then behind that they've got Monte Morris Malik Beasley uh, Will Barton or Tory Craig. Uh, I think that Will Barton and Tory Craig are probably going. I mean, Juancho Hernan Gomez, maybe he's improved a lot, but he did not play very well in the playoffs. And Tory Craig and Will Barton were the ones who were playing better. Right, but, but we're not we, you know, we're not talking playoffs necessarily. Right, right, right. Throughout the I'm regular just, season. The, the thing I like about Hernan Gomez is it gives you that shooting, and he yeah. doesn't need the ball when you've got Murray and... Millsap and Jokic who kind of need the ball to operate it's nice to have someone who can just space out and shoot but regardless Torrey Craig is a defensive specialist and Will Barton is sort of a a a combo forward guard type player he's really versatile but this this team has a bunch of different looks that they can throw at 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 anybody and they can play against any team how about this you guys what about a Jeremy Grant at the four starting but that gives you the chance to put Millsap in as like a sixth man, small ball five slash four. I like the idea. Mm-hmm. He's getting older, and we don't know what he's going to be able to, to provide in May if we keep starting him and playing him thirty minutes a game. That's the problem. I just wonder if he wants to start, you know, if or if he, like if he's going right. to be willing to come off the bench. I think he would. He seems to be willing to. I mean, he seems to be aging very gracefully in comparison to what I thought he would do. Right. I just wonder, you know, I wonder this year where Michael Porter Jr. fits in as far as minutes because they've got so many forwards ahead of him. 
That's that'll be the biggest roadblock for Michael Porter Jr. Win, winning Rookie of the Year. We haven't talked about Mason Plumley yet because he's going to play minutes too. Right. So I mean, this team is deep, 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 deep. So yeah, I mean, they 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 could be higher than the three seed. I just I just like the first the, our one and two seeds better than than uh, this team. I have them as my number two seed to the Rockets. Obviously, I think Rockets are a pretty clear number one seed, but I'm giving the Nuggets. 59 wins. Oh, wow. They're over on this 53 and a half. Dylan took 59 wins. Yeah. I think I'm going to take the over two. I'm going to give them 56. No, I'm going to give them 58 wins. Okay, good. Because I was going to do 56. I don't want to double up with you. So I'll do 56. All right. So we all agree that they're going to get better, but Dylan thinks that they are that much better. Well, you gave them you gave them 59 wins you gave them? Yeah, they already beat they they already beat their over under last year and I think they're a better team. Right. A healthier better team. They definitely so didn't get I worse. Think, I mean they <laughs> they added a solid starter who <laughs> might not have to start for them. Like this that's that's a big addition. Right. And in addition to all of the other things that they're going to have next year. I believe in Mike Malone. He's done a fantastic job. All right, moving on to number two. Dylan, this is your pick. I cannot believe that both of you, well, <laughs> at least Chalanga, think that this team is going to be better than either of these other two teams <laughs> that we just talked about because I am standing the regular season turmoils of the Los Angeles Clippers. Oh. I, I do believe the Clippers are going to be a good team, and... They are going to be one of the contenders, one of the top five contenders. They will be. They're locked in at that. But in terms of the regular season, I cannot put a team that has Paul George possibly and maybe probably missing the first 20 games, not to mention whatever else he might miss during the rest of the year, and Kawhi Leonard probably resting another 20. I cannot put that team as my number one seed. I just don't I don't think there's any chance of them getting a number 1 seed with that kind of risk. When I picked this or when we picked this, we didn't know that Paul George was going to be out to start the season. So I will mm-hmm. I will just I, add that. Rachel Nichols was reporting that. Or no, not Rachel Nichols, it was uh Ramona Shelburne who reported that. She reported that in July. No, no there was no guarantees. She said Paul George will not start the the beginning of the season most likely. Like there, that that was what the report was, and that's the reason why I couldn't pick them as at the number one because I knew that they weren't going to be, that he wasn't going to be playing to start the season. So I will defend myself on that. I would have probably taken them over the Blazers if I had thought Paul George was, were gonna would start the um, beginning of the season. But they also like people are everyone, every single person, every pundit, everybody is underestimating the loss of production in Gallo and SGA. Those were two of the top regular season producers for the Clippers last year. And losing that means something. It means a whole ton of something. I also doubt that Lou Williams is going to keep going at the same rate. He's right about at that Jamal Crawford watershed year where he loses that first step. And if he loses that first step, things will go downhill quickly. We all know that about the ISO players. They, when, when they lose their first step, that can go fast. The rest can, go, can fall fast. I also think that they're missing two pieces of a true, like a, of a perfect championship team. They're missing a true playmaker 
and they're missing a true big. And without that, I don't think there's a way for them to be a number one seed. But if they're healthy in May, they obviously have a good chance at the championship. And to me, that's a serious if, a very serious if. So I think I think that you are really, really, really overestimating the loss of SGA and Danilo Gallinari. Because let's remember who those two players were replaced with. No, no. I understand who they were replaced with. I'm just saying everyone's underestimating it. I'm not saying that I that I think that those are huge losses. I'm saying that they are losses, and people are saying, well, that's a net zero. Look who they got. It's more than a no, net zero. Matter. It's that they, they got better. They took two <laughs> players and replaced them with two better players. I understand that they, that they replaced them with better players, Chalanga. I very much understand that. But to say that they that they are just as deep as they were be, last year, like look, they all they had to do—they're just as deep. But they lost their two best players from last year, so they're not just as deep. Well, according to win shares, Montrez Harrell was actually their best player at eight point seven. Well, <laughs> there good, are many man. different statistics. There are lots of different and statistics. You're my right. doubt is that is that Montrez Harrell is as good as he was last year i'm sure he'll be great but he and he and lou williams were incredible last year and i don't think that that level of production is repeatable and and it's so his production is so tied to lou williams in particular so it's like that's what i'm wondering about is that going to be the same with new players on the court who are probably maybe more viable options on offense. Here's what I like. I like when you when you look at their starting lineup, when everyone's healthy and everyone's playing, you've got Patrick Beverly, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Mo Harkless, and Ivaka Zubac. That is that to me looks like the number one defense in the league. That is a that is a switch Zubac? for I mean Zubac? Forget about forget about Zubac. He's he's fine. He's able to <laughs> he's able to stand in the right place, he knows where to be. You know, he he's he's fine. He's by he's not a great rim protector, but he's not terrible. Mm. But the perimeter, say not as good as the Jazz. That's it's the number two defense in the league. I I have the Jazz as the number one defense. All right, I I can I can vibe with that. But you know, either way, that is an elite defense. I mean, it's it's going to be the Jazz, the Sixers, and the Clippers as the best defenses in the league. And, you know, how, how much better either one of them is is going to ultimately come down to luck. because And health. And health, yes. Which is kind of luck, you know. Um, but also not necessarily because Joel Embiid and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George all tend to miss games because of being injured or banged up. Right, 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 right. But what I, what, what I like about the Clippers is that uh, is their coaching. Doc Rivers is an excellent coach. He's really like coached this team up to outperform their their star talent, their and their ability the last two seasons, which has been incredible. So what I imagine is like last year in Toronto when Kawhi missed the game missed his games, the Raptors still played really, really well and still had a winning record when Kawhi was gone because they were well coached and they leaned on their defense. So I imagine it'll look a lot. Uh, it'll look very similar to that, where the the Clippers will be able to lean on their defense. Granted, they don't have Serge Ibaka <laughs> or or Marcus All. I'll give you that. The most important players on their defense. Okay, keep going. Um, 
but they but they do have they do have the coaching the the coaching acumen that will help them you know overcome those injuries. I also I'm confused. Why is everybody all of a sudden one year of Doc Rivers being a good coach after this like dearth of ten years of being a mediocre coach and everyone saying Doc Rivers is going to be out. He's he's going to be the next one next coach fired, and all of a sudden one year and now Doc Rivers is an elite coach again. I'm not ready to like say that personally, but I understand that he has won a championship and he coached really well last year. I will acknowledge both of those things. Okay, cool. I think those Clippers teams were really flawed. I think Doc Rivers was a bad coach when he was coach and president of basketball operations because he couldn't do either job very well. And people just kind of brush that off as like, you know, whatever. But if you look at every coach and president of basketball operations over the past several years, and they all did a terrible job. That is like yeah. impossible to do. Except Pop. Well, but like Pop has um Robert Canterbury Buford. RC Buford. RC mm. Buford. Thank you. Um my point is the Clippers are going to be really good. I still believe in the Montrez Harrell and Lou Williams pick and roll. It was unstoppable in the playoffs last year. It's like one of the most efficient uh, offensive attacks in, in the league. And, and they're going to be really good. I think their over-under is 53. The injuries do concern me. The injuries really do concern me. But I'm still going to take the over. I've got them at 56 wins. Lou Williams will be 33. When the season gets rolling, I have the Clippers with 53 wins. They're going to hit 53 exactly. Damn. Hmm. Wait, I think hmm. I said that. Let me just. Yeah. Yep. I have them. Mm-hmm. I have them pushing at 53. That's what I wrote down. Uh, I mean. I had to double check. Yeah. Without repeating everything the two of you have said, I think. Yeah, if I'm trying to be different, I'll take their over at like 54, 55. But I think it's going to be right in between there. You said 56, Chalanga. I think that's about the cap for this team. Um, A bunch of new players playing together. I, too, I really believe in Doc Rivers. I think he is a wonderful coach. I think they're going to be a very, very good defensive team. Not as good as the Jazz, as you said, Dylan. But I think they're going to be... They're going to be something to watch out for. And they're poised to make a deep, deep run in the playoffs this year. All right, so we've all got the over on the Clippers. It's time no. for... No. Oh, except Dylan's got a push at 53. <laughs> so. so, just so everyone knows, Dylan and, is pushing at 53. And that makes them my five seed. Shit. That's, that's because I gave the tiebreaker to the Trailblazers. And that's only because... I love you, Terry Stotts. I love you, Dame Lillard. I love you, CJ McCollum. I love everyone on this team. I even love Yusuf Nurkic for as sassy as that man is. Who doesn't love Nurkic, honestly? Who doesn't? These two teams were a huge tie to me, but I just could not give the Clippers the one seed in my heart. It just didn't feel right. And if it comes down to one of them being the four seed, I actually could see the Clippers being the four seed because I think that home court matters and I think that they would probably fight for that if they were close. So yes, the Clippers are my four seed, but in terms of one or two, I'm going to give the Blazers the edge. All right. Which is the perfect Dylan is teasing the number one pick. I'm so happy to let all of our listeners know that the number one team in the West 
will be the most horrible decision we've made. The Portland Trailblazers, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> How did that, Troy? This is all your fault. Okay. I'm blaming everything on Troy it's, for picking the Rockets at four. Hey, man, I'm just—I was just trying to have a good time at the Toby Lou show. <laughs> you know, I just everyone was screaming at me to make my picks, and I was just like, "All right, you know what? I got this." But the Trailblazers are a good team. This is a good pick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's defend it, everyone. All right. Let's so it. I'm all in on the Trailblazers this year. Let's see who they added. They added Hassan Whiteside. Good player. Kent Bazemore. Anthony <laughs> Tolliver. Nazir Little. And they lost Evan Turner. Mo Harkless and Alfarika Minu. So Evan Turner might have been a positive loss. I 100% <laughs> agree. Evan Turner is—he's a terrible shooter. He's not as good as a pa- of a passer as everyone thinks. He had one good season in Boston, and that made everyone think that he's a really good NBA player. But he's not. And then he had like four good games with the Blazers in the playoffs, and now everyone's like, "Well, maybe he's a backup point guard to Trey Young." No, it's—he's not. He's. <laughs> he is underwhelming and he he took away from you know he he couldn't play with Damon CJ because he needs the ball and he can't shoot but he's not a good enough playmaker to be your backup point guard and so if he doesn't have the ball in his hands he's not really doing doing anything he can't really defend anybody because he's not super quick and he, but he's not super big he's just doesn't really have a place on a, like a, a winning NBA team, so he's gone. And but what does Kent Bazemore have in return? Because that's what they got. Kent Bazemore is a much better shooter. Mm-hmm. He's a much yep. better shooter, and he's a solid defender. Yes. Uh, so two, a two-way player mm-hmm. that won't demand the ball. Yep, and he can play with CJ and Dame, or he can come off the bench. He can handle the ball a little bit. He when he was coming off the bench with Atlanta last year, there were some times where he was not playing point guard, but he was playmaking and and kind of handling the ball because you know Atlanta's backup point guard situation is and has been a mess Rodney Hood was good last year but would you have Rodney Hood or Kent Bazemore start in your like ideal lineup if they are incredible as a team I think it's matchup base you know yeah I agree I think ultimately the lineup that I want to see a lot is Dame CJ Bazemore Hood and Collins Mm mm-hmm Five shooters, fast, running. Bazemore at the four. Either Bazemore or Hood at the four. I mean, whatever. You did, Hood at the four. He's just so tiny. He's skinny, yeah. He's bigger than Bazemore, isn't he? But he's longer. Yeah, he's taller and longer. Well, yeah, he's just skinny boy. I think in, in that lineup, you just ab- abandon, you know, naming the positions and you just do do it based on matchups, you know? Uh, that's just how, how right. I want to think about it. They have potential to be the best offense in the league. Because Dame and CJ are so dynamic. If Hassan Whiteside... And Dame Lillard is the best offense in the league. Mm-hmm. He's close. I mean, he he's... Steph Curry are very close. They're close. Not James Harden. He's slightly below them. I'll give you that. But there's so many shooters on this team. There's so many shooters on this team. It's awesome. They, they just swapped out all their defensive players for offensive players that can shoot the ball. So they're going to light it up. If Hassan Whiteside can join with Dame Lillard, his maybe best friend, they seem to be really good friends, and return to the Hassan Whiteside that the Heat signed to a max contract, this team could be dangerous. 
Part of the reason I also yeah. have them so high is because I think Hassan Whiteside will be traded midseason once Yusuf Nurkic is nearing a return. And I think this team will end up with either Kevin Love or Danilo Gallinari on their team. I'd love to see Gallo. Do you have the Gallinari trade on you right now? No, I don't. Give me two minutes. Dylan or Troy, you talk about this team. As a long-standing Damian Lillard fan, really this stemmed from me just randomly picking him in a fantasy basketball draft a few years ago, his rookie year. It was more than a few years ago. I feel like whenever I watch the Blazers, there's always this heroic Damian Lillard moment. I will never forget, God, it was 12 at night last year, Minnesota time, when he hit that buzzer beater over Paul George. There's just a certain magic about this team once again i can't really get into analytics with that but i really i really do like this squad i really love the backcourt combo of damon cj i personally have been a big believer in hassan whiteside for a long time i understand he's been less than good the last couple of years but if zach collins continues to develop he's got a really bright future ahead of him and i think yeah with the additions of Bazemore and anthony tolliver can still play too this team's got a real bright future ahead of them. God, I'm just looking at their over-under for the first time, and that is not... Disrespectful. It, honestly, it is. Yeah, that's it's a good word for it. super disrespectful. Yeah. The last two years, they they had 53 wins and 49 wins, respectively. Mm-hmm. I don't see a way for them to go below 45 and a half. But Chalanga, do you have that? Do you have that trade on you, or should I go? So Danilo Gallinari and... Hassan Whiteside can be traded straight up. Which so would not happen. how many picks does it take for that to happen? A first rounder and a half. So maybe a protected first rounder that goes into two seconds or something. Would you do that if you yes. were if you were OKC? What if OKC can can sniff the playoffs? Maybe that's what they want. Maybe they want Danilo Gallinari. But if they are hovering around being a 35, 36 win team. I think Troy made this point a couple times. When you're hovering around that point, you you start to give up at the end of the season. And if they are hovering around that 10 to 12 seed, take the pick and a half. That's all you're going to get. You're not going to get two firsts for him, for Gallo. Right. I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, how about this trade, though? Hassan Whiteside and a first-round pick for Kevin Love. If I'm the Blazers, I, I'm doing that all day. If I'm the Cavs, I'm not taking that. Why not? You get you get off of Kevin Love's. He's got four years left on his contract. Hassan Whiteside's got two. But Kevin Love's a better player than Danilo Gallinari. And they have similar injury history. But also the Cavaliers have nothing like bright on the horizon to look for. Um, like they're like... Kevin Love is the last standing decent player there. Like, pretty soon, if not this year, uh, he'll do the same thing that he did in Minnesota where he's just going to complain and he's going to get sad and miserable. Uh, and he's going to want out of town. And they shouldn't tie themselves down to that. They should try to get some compensation for him. My bet is that Kevin Love likes Cleveland and that since he won a championship, he's settled down a little bit and that he won't complain his way out of Cleveland. And he's making shit tons of money. He should be happy about that. If I am Cleveland, I'm waiting for a better deal. I think that there will be teams that are more desperate at the end of the season or at the, at the trade deadline to get Kevin Love. Do I think that those teams are going to be the same teams that are, 
are going to be vying for Gallo? Yes, but Gallo is going to be the one, I think, that goes for less because he has, doesn't have the name. That's fair. That's fair. I just... I like I like this team updating upgrading. They've also got some interesting young players. Anthony Simons, Gary Trent Jr. might be interesting to to, to people uh, as far as young prospects. And I don't know if either of them are actually going to be good NBA players, but they had a good uh, summer league, and Anthony Simons is having a good preseason. So it might be time to sell high on those two. If those guys can be involved, I can see those trades being more likely to happen because I think that. If you're going to give up a player that is a sure thing, but not when they're not healthy, you want a you want one player that's not going to be a bust. And if Anthony Simons or Nasir Little look really good at the beginning of this year, then they're going to be stronger trade pieces. Yeah, I don't know about Nasir Little. He has not been impressive so far. Um, he's been uh, a pretty much a zero. Well, but- Anthony Simons, and they're expendable. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, they you know they don't need another guard. They've got two incredible guards. You know, I think they are going to miss Seth Curry. I didn't even put that on the subtractions. He oh was, yeah, he was really important for them. He was. Um, but I'm I'm all in on Dame. I love Dame Lillard. He's one of my favorite players. I, I think he's been consistently one of the most underrated players in the NBA. Actually, no, he's he's got a lot of accolades. But I just feel like people people until recently have have really not given him the full respect he deserves he's an amazing rapper he beat the shit out of Shaq in that rap battle (laughs) and i'm all in on the blazers over they will win 55 games this year they they won't they won't win more games than the rockets but i'm i'm saying 55 wins for the blazers i have them at 53 we also forgot myers leonard who was a solid player but yeah 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 Mm -hmm. he's Mm -hmm. you know he was an NBA warm body. Yeah, he was helpful for them in the playoffs. He played some yep. really key minutes. Mm-hmm. I got the Blazers at 52, just under you guys. But, yeah, I, I cannot believe their over-under is at 45 and a half. Vegas does not respect team chemistry. <laughs> no, they don't. The Blazers have consistently overperformed their over-under. That's kind of what they do. Mm-hmm. Plus, Terry Stotts is a fucking boss. Love you, Terry. He is such a good coach. He is such a good coach. Stats will guide (laughs) you home. All right. Thank you so much (laughs) for listening to this episode. (laughs) This was uh, this was quite the sode. We were we were really going off. Yeah. I'm feeling very impassioned about some of these takes. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, I can't too. wait till we till we review mid season all these takes and uh, kind of call each other out for our five worst takes because we will be doing that, and I am gonna have egg all over my face. I can already tell. Mm-hmm. I already do. I realized today, um, and Dylan, if you remember this, I was talking with Chalanga about this earlier on the last pod where I talk about the Pelicans. Uh, laughably awful take. Watching them in the preseason so far. Uh, <laughs> already already i'm already regretting every single word i said wait so, what did you say i can't even i don't even, I don't remember offhand i said they were gonna be bad and then zion's shooting 12 of 13 for like 28 points <laughs> yeah we'll see come on preseason we can't take all of this to heart 
I don't know, man. Dylan we'll says see. after being like, the Wolves are not good. They're going to win less than 30 games. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm all in on the Wolves winning 22 games next year. Oh, my God. That would be a fucking disaster. All right. I can't even think about it anymore. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow us on the socials at Coast to Coast NBA on Twitter, at Coast to Coast NBA Pod on Instagram. Send us an email at Coast to Coast NBA Pod at gmail.com. B. Don't. You know what you did. <laughs> don't forget it's the number two, not T. TWO, the number two. Rate, review, subscribe, download, and tell your friends. I, I just people... learned this. You can re-review. I don't know if there's like a time frame that you have to do it uh, outside of, but you can re-review. So that's talking to you, Tim Komatsu and Ben Kinkwale <laughs> and Becky and uh, Flip. my dad, who definitely cannot figure that out. Flip. No, I'll help him. Mascot though. Flip cannot figure that out. I'll help him. <laughs> uh, Troy, yeah. Troy, you have not rated our podcast, and you've already been on half of the episodes. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Dude, Troy I'm doesn't so have behind. an iPhone. Oh, you don't? No. Yeah. What, what's up with you guys? Can I like, not do it on the internet like a normal person, like with a computer? Uh, um, or are I you talking know. about Apple Podcasts? Yeah, we wanted. Well, we most of them are. On, they're all on Apple Podcasts, but maybe you can do. You it can do it through it. iTunes. Oh, I'm sure you can. If you have an I, iTunes yeah. account. Yeah, I've got a MacBook yeah. for work. I can figure it out. Cool. I'm thinking uh, two stars. Give us five stars. If you give us, oh my god, if you give us less than five stars, <laughs> that's on you. That is on you. That's also, that's also about you. For your guys' Warriors takes, I'm thinking two stars. I'm, uh, oh my god, <laughs> Jesus. That was that was so far from our worst take of this episode. Like it was, it's like so far away from our worst take. Yes, yeah, that's not even <laughs> close to the. But the thirty three, thirty three is <laughs> thirty three is pretty thirty three chilling. Oh I'm God. not backing down. I'm not backing down. Thirty three wins for the Warriors. <sighs> Fuck them. Uh, all right, if they thank get you for listening. Wins. I'm gonna move across and I'll go back to the east coast so I don't have to be near you anymore alright then you can stay coast to coast that's right thank you for listening and uh, we'll be back uh, next week with the east we love you goodbye bye everybody